All right, what's going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing this week? On today's show, we are a little backed up this week on pod. So what we're going to do is replay an episode from sometime last year. This was like late last year, and I thought it was good to re- uh, play this to bring this back up for some of the new audience, and it's just a, a, a pod about the misconceptions that a lot of people have about sports betting and sports betters alike. So let's get to it. Uh, different things that I've heard, different uh, you know general ideas about sports betting that I think are misconceptions. We'll replay this today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, I am a sports better. I have uh, pretty much done this full time since late 2017. And I've learned a lot along you know the way. Uh, I started off with a system that used a uh, it was a risk analysis tool for insurance, and I found it randomly on some website back in like 2013. This is long before I started betting sports professionally, but I started with that. And it kind of grew into different things. So I experimented before I did this professionally. I did this for a long time and experimented different ways to approach it. But I always had a respect for betting sports. I never thought that it was an easy way out. I never thought that it was a way for me to escape a real job, so to speak. You know, that's what a lot of people think. And so I was having a discussion last week with one of my buddies. And the questions he was asking me kind of prompted me to do today's show. So... All of today's show is pretty much misconceptions, what people think I do compared to you know what I actually do in sports betting. So the first thing that most people think is that, oh, hey, you're a sports better, so you don't have a job. You know, watching sports all day, that must be fun. And uh, the, the reality is I've actually never worked more in my life. And I'm not just saying that, you know, trying to have a defensive stance or trying to make it seem like, you know, what I do in sports betting is a lot harder than it really is. But the truth is, it's a lot of work. You know, I've, like I said, I have not worked this much in my entire life, whether it's for other people, for myself. So if you want a job where you can get off early sometimes, relax, kick your feet up, have long weekends, sports betting is not for you. As a matter of fact, the, we, the, the majority of my work comes on the weekends. You know, Monday through Friday, I'm doing all my prep, I'm doing all my pretty much research. Now there's games every night, every night, Monday through Friday. So I'm doing that stuff too. But generally, you know, you're getting ready for the weekend and during football season, there's a lot of work on the weekends. So if you enjoy Saturday and Sunday, if you liked having President's Day off, right? Some a day off from work, you wake up late, all that stuff. Sports betting is not for you. Sports betting, you have to be self-driven. You have to want it all the time, 24-7. And that includes especially weekends, Thanksgiving break, Christmas break. When a lot of you out there listening get breaks, spend time with the family, that's when I ramp my work up. So that is actually... You know, it's not just us sitting around watching sports all the time. Now, that's part of it. If you're going to live bet, you have to watch. But it's much more of a job and much more work than the average person thinks. All right, let's talk about Better Edge. Every single bet that you make with Better Edge is VIG free. Okay, so get rid of the VIG. Stop paying a VIG today by betting with Better Edge. Now, the way you can do this, Better Edge is technically not a sports book. They're a social media platform where you can legally bet. It's 100% legal. And the cool thing is, in a lot of states like California, South Carolina, where you can't even bet yet, you can legally bet with Better Edge. Okay, And it's better because you're not paying a VIG. I don't know why everyone's not signed up with Better Edge not paying a VIG. Online, B-E-T-T-O-R, like sports better, edge.com. 
put in promo code SHARP for a free $20. That lets them know that we sent you. And uh, again, free 20 bucks, roll over free. OnlineBetterEdge.com, promo code SHARP. Start betting VIG free today. Uh, the other thing that, uh, another misconception, and it's funny, this one goes one of two ways. People think that I'm either a struggling gambling addict, right? Someone who just can't stop betting, can't stop gambling. I'm addicted to it. You know, kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the people you see in the, in the sports racing or the, uh, horse racing forums or the, you know, those midday 2.30 PM on a Tuesday, you know, those get those haggard guys hanging out at the sports or the, at the uh, well sometimes sports book sometimes horse book, <laughs> but uh, it's funny you know a lot of people think that I'm just like a gambling addict, and hey what do you do when you can't beat the house you're just you're playing a game that, that you can't win you're wasting your time you must be addicted to gambling it's like no it's as as a matter of fact the whole idea of you can't beat the house is so wrong and so antiquated. As I've said before, a lot of times, if you really grind, I don't know anyone who struggles making money in sports betting. It's not as if you can't be the house. It is very, very uh, doable. I was going to say easy, but not easy. It's very doable to beat the house in sports betting. Absolutely. That is a misconception. And the idea of if you have that, that, wrong misconception you know that that wrong idea about sports betting that you can't ever beat the house well then naturally an idea to follow that up would be well then you're just addicted to gambling you're just addicted to betting which certainly isn't the case this is a job like any other job i've had and with that the other end of the assumptions there are that i'm extraordinarily rich and that i have all this money and that you know just rolling in it and it's not the case it, it, it's in between those two you know i've I've made more money in my life. Some months are up, some months are down. You know, I I make a very healthy salary doing what I do. I pay myself when I need to pay myself. I make my mortgage. I make my bills. I I, I increase my money, and that's the point of a job, right? And so it's it, it's like any other job for me. I'm not making all this money just rolling in dough, but I'm not doing bad either. It's it's a good job for what I work for for what I make. I'm very happy and it pays the bills for sure, but it's not like I'm making all this, you know, crazy money, but also it's not the other end of it where I'm some struggling gambling addict and, you know, every night it's just like, come on, and you're just throwing it out there hoping to win. It is in the middle for both, but most people think that it's one or the other. Uh, another misconception in betting sports, people think that I give all winning picks, especially those kind of new to this industry. They think that, when they hear I'm a sports better, they can text me and say, hey, who are you on tonight? And I'm going to give them all winners all the time. And the reaction is hysterical. The reaction is either, yeah, you gave me a winner. Thanks so much. And I usually don't hear anything after that. Maybe they'll text me, you know, hey, thanks for the winner. But it's the losers that you hear about. Oh, great. Oh, you know, it's like, uh, well, that didn't work out. Or, oh, boy, thanks for that. You know, thanks for that one. Or the real passive aggressive ones like, uh, geez, uh, you know, well, Minnesota didn't play well tonight, dot, dot, dot. That stinks. It's like, yeah, you know, it's... Again, they, they never pay me for the winners. I never hear anything for the winners, but the losers, it's always like, yeah, well, this guy's an idiot. He has no idea what he's talking about. It's like, folks, being a sports better does not mean that you have a crystal ball. Being a sports better means you can pick... 55% winners if you're betting into minus 110 lines. That's what it means. It's very tough to do. You need to check your boxes in terms of, you know, 
what it takes to be a pro better. That's not today's show. But the idea that I give all winning picks all the time is a classic misconception about what I do. I give winning picks about 55% of the time. And you know what? If you get picks from your dog or your goldfish or your three-year-old kid, they're going to be right about 5% of the time, fewer less than I am. So that's the difference between winning and not winning. But the idea that I have all winning picks is crazy, but that's what most people think when I, I tell them what I do. And as a matter of fact, this whole thing about when I tell them what I do, I rarely tell people what I do. Now, again, like I said, you can't have the idea or the mindset that you're going to go into sports betting and just kick your feet up all day and just watch sports and have a good time. You can't. You got to bust ass. However, once you get a system down like I have and I, my models are in place and you know a lot is sort of automated at this point, I go to lunch sometimes. I have a beer during the day at lunch. I, I, I do get to hang out more, spend a lot of time at home with my dog. That is part of the perks now for me, certainly. Um, and when I'm out having a lunch, wherever it is, you know, I, I, and I get in a conversation with someone, whether it's the bartender or someone else, you know, getting lunch or whatever, uh, I, I rarely tell them what I do. You know, I, I either tell them about uh, Woo's Media or maybe I'll make something up or maybe I'll just say I'm in investing, you know, because no one wants or, or I'm in finance, you know, cause sort of am. No one wants to ask any more questions when you say I work in finance. Most people are like, oh, OK, cool. You know, it, but when you tell people you're a sports better. Again, it goes one of two ways. They either have, oh, they're either really interested, which I, it's okay. I don't mind having conversations, but oh, really? Whoa, that's interesting. What do you do? How do you do it? How do you pick winners? How do you, how do you know who's going to win? You know, <laughs> everyone asks me that stuff. Or, uh, or, you know, it's like I get a scoff. Oh, sports better, huh? So you really don't have a job. So you're just a bum in society. So, <laughs> you know, so for those reasons, it's, it's usually like I don't say anything. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm an investing, yeah, whatever. Or I just make something up. Yeah, I work at Wetzel's Pretzels, you know, which I love Wetzel's Pretzels. It's a damn good place to get a pretzel. But either way, you know, it's, it's, I rarely tell people what I do because, you know, you got to, it's, it's a thing. It's a chore. It's always questions that come after and, you know, you got to answer all these things that I'm talking about on today's show, but. Uh, yeah, the idea that I give winning picks is crazy. All right, well, all winning <laughs> The idea that I give winning picks is crazy. The idea that I give 100% winning picks is crazy. I promise I'll give the, the majority winners. If you listen to this show from now until when I finish doing this podcast, which is hopefully, you know, I don't know, decade, couple decades down the line, you're going to end up winning money. I, I promise you that much, but not going to be 100% winners. All right, the next misconception is that this industry is filled with dangerous, unsavory people, to which I have to say, this isn't the 90s. You know, most people who I meet who do this are, you know, they've worked in finance. They've worked in math. They've, they're ex-actuaries. They've done a lot of probability stuff in their past, you know? Uh, it's actually a lot of nerds who do this for a living. The idea of it being like the mob or the gangsters, that's, that's very old school. Now, that did exist. That was a real thing in the... 80s and 90s and very, very early 2000s when, you know, the, the mob kind of and gangsters, you know, in Philadelphia and, and Vegas and so on kind of had more of an influence. That was real. But those times are long gone. That's what legalization does. Legalization brings regula uh, brings regulation and regulation weeds out everyone in the shadows. So, you know, the, this is not an industry anymore with, you know, people 
who are unsavory or, you know, they're going to come get your, you know, break your kneecaps if you're not paying or anything like that. There's not that feeling in that those people in the industry, but some, you know, think that there are, and that's just not the case. Uh, A couple more here. Another misconception that people have fans would make a great sports better, right? Or fans make great sports betters. Uh, When I tell fresh, when I tell new people or new people here that I'm a sports better, they assume that I know every player on every team and I'm a huge sports fan. And while that's somewhat true, that's actually less true for people, for for like the majority of people who do this. I'm much more of a sports fan than the average winning sports better. And I think that that allows me, as long as you allow yourself to be completely objective, it can help to be a sports fan. But in reality, what I see and what I find is that it hurts people. And those that I know who are really, really diehard fans or know so much about whatever it is, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, whatever, they're actually worse at betting sports because they fall for all these traps. They fall for all these you know, ideas of what the sport really should look like and what it does look like. And it's funny because you would think that watching the sport all the time, you wouldn't fall for those traps, but you do. And a good example here is uh, the NFL. Okay, most people who watch the NFL consistently would never bet on the New York Jets. It doesn't matter if they're getting uh, seven points or eight points or 10 points or whatever. You know, because if if the Jets are 10-point underdogs, they're probably playing a really good team like... Uh, you know, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady or the Green Bay Packers or something like that, right? So most people, even if the Jets are getting 10 points, won't bet on the Jets. But the Jets every year end up about 8-8, eight and eight, about 500 against the spread, just like most other teams. So it's just these preconceived ideas of, oh, that team sucks, I'm not betting on them, that disables fans to bet effectively on sports they love. That's why I think... I got into betting the English Premier League and other English soccer leagues. And still to this day, it's easy for me to bet on Burnley or Crystal Palace or whoever it may be who's not performing well because I'm I'm not married to the idea of, oh, that team sucks. Or I guess it would be, oh, that team, that, that, that team sucks, you know, mate. Or whatever it is, right? So that's the idea is the less you actually know about a sport, if you have access to data, I think you'll do fine. So... The idea and the misconception, back to that, that fans or those who know a lot about sports do well betting those sports couldn't be farther from the truth. It's completely false. There's no correlation from knowing a sport or having knowledge about a sport and then winning money betting on that sport. And then the final thing, and this one is the most contentious. This is why I kind of saved this one for the end because I disagree with a lot of people on this one. What you'll hear a lot of pros say is that well actually let's start off with a, with a, the misconception the misconception is that you need to be a math whiz to bet sports okay and while that's not true entirely you don't have to have a phd to bet sports i believe personally that you do have to have some mathematical approach now you don't have to again be some professor or write code or be a data scientist like i am or anything like that but I think that if you're not using a little bit of math, it's pretty much impossible to really have faith in what you're doing long term. And that's because everything you have to do, whether you use math, whether you use math to get there or not, you've got to boil everything down to a prediction or a projection. And we talked about this yesterday. That's the essence of betting sports. You have to be able to say, 
I think the LA Rams will win the Super Bowl 66.6% of the time because that equals minus 200 on the nose. If you don't know how to get there, you don't know what the price should be. Theoretically, you shouldn't be making a bet because you don't know if the line is right or wrong. And we only make bets if the line is wrong. If the, if the line is right or it's overpriced, by definition, that's not a winning bet. We don't make those bets. If you can't mathematically tell me what you think the line should be, then you shouldn't be betting sports. You, you can't win a sports bet long term if you don't know what the line should be. So in my opinion, it's very, very difficult to get there over and over and over without math. So, you know, if you read an article, because if you just type into Google misconceptions about sports betting, some of the things we talked about today will come up, some won't. But one thing that you will read is that, hey, you don't need to know math to win sports betting. And I think that that's wrong. I think you do need to know a little bit of math betting sports. You know, how do you quantify anything? How do you quantify what you see on TV onto a computer or onto any way of making the line? And history will only get you so far. You know, Tom Brady left the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you don't use math, what are you going to do if you're going to look at Tampa Bay's handicapping next year? Well, you're going to look at history and what they've been in the past and what they were last year. But now without Tom Brady, that's such a big missing piece. Without math, how, how in the world are you ever going to come up with anything realistic for what the line should be week one? Now, you can wait and see what sports books come out with and say, okay, that's what they came out with. Therefore, the market says this. But that's just being reactionary. You have to be able to bet opening numbers if you're going to win doing this. So I think that, unfortunately, if, if you're an aspirational sports better and you don't know math, you've got to go back to school. You've got to learn math. That's, that's actually exactly what I did. I was never fantastic at math growing up. I was okay, but I, I got out of math as soon as I could. I majored in communications. I had the easy way out of college. I wanted to work in radio. And for the first 10 years of my career, I did. But and maybe a little bit fewer than 10 years. But the point is, I didn't think I was ever going to need math again, so I didn't work hard at it. But then, in my late 20s, when I decided I wanted to do this full-term, and I, or you know, long-term, full-time, and I realized how much math it took, I went back to school. I enrolled at the University of Denver. And I, I, I took classes, and I took, I, I got certified in data science, and I learned how to write computer code, and I did all these math classes again, and I, you know, and, and, and then I applied it, you know, a different school. I don't like really talking about that, but I did different university and, and, and just finished up studying there and learned more there. It's just like now I'm doing artificial intelligence and I never thought I'd be doing fucking AI or computer science or data science or any of that, you know, seven years ago. But my desire to be a sports better and my, my want and need to do this full time brought me there. It's like I can't stay home all day and just say, hey, I think the Yankees are going to win. Or, you know, and it's because I tried that. I tried it for a while and it's like, this is tough. You've got to fight math with math if you're going to win long term. You know, so I did that and I eventually got to the point where now a lot of the stuff I do is automated. And actually, what's kind of exciting for me is this offseason or this summer, uh, offseason for me, except for baseball, really, uh, I'm going to be redoing all of my models because, you know, what I just learned in school has kind of changed my perception about data science and I'm going to kind of be redoing everything building more of a computer learning method it's really kind of complex my point is I'm redoing all my systems the next couple months so you know that's that's what I find that's what I want to do that's what I like to do and I'll be ready to go week one game one next year when hockey soccer football all that are back 
But, you know, you have to want to do that. You have to want to work 40, 50 hours a week. Some weeks, you, you have to be okay not making any money. Like, legitimately, some weeks I don't make any money. I, I end the week in the negative. But long term, you know, that's not going to happen. Okay, but again, back to my last point. You do, in my opinion, have to have some base of math if you're going to do this for... Uh, either a living or successfully to any point. So, all right, that, is, that does it for today's show. A story time Thursday, misconceptions about betting sports. Hope it was entertaining and hope you learned a little bit on today's podcast. Whatever you have going on today or tonight, hope you cash some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Betting Daily.